Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Home Energy Design 101. How to design a beautiful home and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and life. Who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty, and my team and I do the best damn design in the country. But I'll help you create a beautiful design that is also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. everyone to home energy design this is your host amanda gates and today we are getting even further down into the self-love self-care movement you are going to love my guest today i have jordan pagan on the show and i am really putting her in the category of self-care expert She is actually a master healer. She does everything from Reiki, she's an herbalist, she facilitates sound therapy, um, but she's an overall healer. The thing that I love about Jordan, if you listen to last week's podcast with Toby Fairley, these women have it figured out. They have it figured out that this is what we are supposed to be doing in order to give back to our world and really serve in big ways. We have to fill up our own tank. We have to take care of ourselves. Otherwise, we are not going to have the ability to give back to others. Today, we are going to talk about all of the modalities that she does. And then we're also going to talk about this amazing thing called Lahochi. We're going to talk about a lot of other things too, but the Lahochi part, man, my ears perked up. I love the idea of sound therapy. So we're going to get into that and a whole bunch of other things too. Are you ready? Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. It sounds like you just woke up. You're like all nice and loose and zen-like right now. Oh, no, I've been up. <laughs> You're just always this calm, right? <laughs> I, I am a pretty calm person, actually. So, <laughs> Well, probably yeah. to be a healer and to be in this kind of work, you have to be, right? Like you can't, <laughs> can't be like yeah. fluttering around like a crazy butterfly and, and telling people that you're healing them. You'd probably scare them. Yeah. Yeah, it really um, helps to be grounded. It's something that I work at every day, um, but it does come naturally because I am an earth sign. So I guess it comes through. Are you earth through astrology or earth through feng shui? Um, astrology. So I'm a Capricorn. Okay. Okay. I, I, I need to study a little bit more about how the elements are in astrology in feng shui. Mm-hmm. Earth elements, are they tend to be really grounded. They're not really mm-hmm. big on change um but they tend to be like extreme nurturers like you'll go over to an earth house and they'll have like 25 different teas like they want to make sure that they have everything for everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that does sound like me oh well perhaps they they go hand in hand so yeah i'd love to learn more about um feng shui, feng shui and, and and that you know I didn't really realize that you could be an earth sign and, and sh- or any kind of element in feng shui. 
Yeah, actually, the uh, we've got five elements in feng shui, and not uh-huh. only do we have the elements within the bagua, which is in our homes, but mm-hmm. um, our own personal chi. We basically have we have all five elements within our constitution, but we all have a dominant element, and so right. that kind of uh, basically explains that dominant chi basically explains how we do the things that we do and so Mm -hmm. from my perspective when I work with a new client I actually have them take an elemental test so that I know what their elemental makeup is so for example if you're an earth element I can't come at you my uh, dominant uh, element is wood So Mm -hmm. I tend to be impatient. I do everything at a high rate of speed. I get frustrated easily. You know, I start things, don't finish things. Like I'm so, oh my God, I'm such a wood. (laughs) And so working with someone like you, you like to do things very methodically. Um, You don't like to be uprooted easily. There has to be a a very um, specific reason why. Um, and you'll usually, you know, I have to, with you, I would have to do something, um, not so much structured, but just like, okay, let's start with step one. And then we have to contemplate it, kind of think about it, decide if it's going to work for you and then maybe go on to step two, but I'd have to do it gingerly because earths don't tend to like to uproot themselves at a high rate of speed. So a wood coming at you, you might be like, oh my God, this is too much. (laughs) So that's incredibly helpful for me to have that information because if I'm going into a consultation with you and I don't know this information as a would I'm going to give you 27 things let's do this and let's go here and let's do it there and you're going to be like whoa lady (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um yeah so very very interesting but um I'm going to back up here a little bit and do a proper introduction Hey, hey, everyone. This is Amanda Gates, and I am so excited to have Jordan. Now, is it pagan or it's pagan, right? It's pagan. Pagan. Oh, I knew I was going to pronounce that wrong. Okay. Everyone does. It's it's Puerto Rican. (laughs) Well, I saw the hyphen above the A, and so that's why I questioned myself. I knew I was going to do it. Okay, so I'll say I have Jordan Pagan. Is that how you said Mm -hmm. it? Okay, (laughs) (laughs) on the show today from Astera, is that, am I pronouncing that correctly? Astera? I say Ostara. Ostara Apocathery. Man, I'm just butchering this today. (laughs) Uh, Mercury retrograde. This is true. That's why I had to ask you, did I get this right? Because I had a recording yesterday Mm -hmm. and she was also in New York and Mm. um, she was luckily I have Skype on my phone and so she was messaging me she's like are we doing this or not and I'm like doing what she goes uh the podcast and I was like Mm -hmm. um I have it down for one o'clock she goes it is one o'clock and I'm like wait where are you and she's like eastern time and I was like oh god I messed this up I got the time zone wrong (laughs) (laughs) that's why I was confirming with you because I was like oh yeah thank you (laughs) did I do this right um so welcome, Jordan. Thank you for coming on the show Thank today. You. It's my pleasure. So I want to back up a little bit. And mm-hmm. you do all of these really cool things. You do Reiki, uh, mm-hmm. the Lahochi, which I want to get into here in a minute, yeah. plant medicine, 
Um, but let's back up a little bit. And um, my audience probably does not know who you are. So how did you get into the healing modalities and, you know, get to this place of um, Astera Apothecary? Well, um, it's honestly been one big surprise. I went to school and for art and I studied art history and my whole life I thought that I was going to be an artist and work in museums and um, when I got to New York that's uh, I shifted gears and started working in the nonprofit field because I really really wanted to help people and be of service um, you know, five years later, it, you know, I was in a place where I just felt stuck. I, you know, my job, even though it was in a nonprofit, it really was just meetings and sending emails back and forth. And it was really frustrating and not fulfilling. And it felt like I was drowning almost a little bit, even though nothing was wrong, you know, like I was making a salary, I had benefits and all of that stuff that um, we are told that we should want and that we should work for and you know by all accounts it was an achievement because I had gotten one of my dream jobs in New York City and that year so this was three years ago and that year I had been visiting my father out in Arizona and we took a drive to Sedona for my birthday I love Sedona oh it's so beautiful it's so magical and just like it's truly a portal the energy and, there is amazing. Yeah. You can't, there's no way to describe it. If you are sensitive in any shape of the imagination, you will feel it. Yes. Yeah. So we were, um, you know, driving around and it was just so beautiful. And we went to a few vortexes and I don't remember which vortex specifically that I was in. Um, but I, um, all of a sudden I saw this juniper tree and juniper trees are everywhere in Sedona. So I don't know what it was about this one juniper tree. Um, that really caught my interest and I just zeroed in on it and I was like dad we have to take all these berries home and he's like uh okay <laughs> and so we're like picking all these berries and I just like did not know what I was going to do with them and I was just like stuffing them everywhere in my pocket and then from that day forward it was like something had awakened in me or I had remembered a part of my soul where I was very connected to the to the earth specifically the plants and the plant spirits and so um, I started studying on my own and I eventually found some um, herbalists to apprentice with and um, I basically never looked back and then from from there you know I found Reiki and Reiki was really like for me the gateway <laughs> the gateway drug the into gateway drug. I know I like I didn't want to say that but like that was really what it was. It like really opened me up into a whole new world of energy work. And I felt like I had a superpower shooting out from my hands. It was amazing and so empowering that I had the ability to heal myself with, with this energy, with, with the plants. And then that I could then share that with others. And then all of the other modalities that I currently offer just found their way to me. And um, earlier Early in 2017, I left my full-time nonprofit job and became a healer full-time. I love that. Now, did you have any inkling, anything before this moment in Sedona that this was your calling or had you ever been pulled to any type of energy work or plant medicine or anything like that in the past? 
Uh, not I had not consciously. So I have always been extremely attracted to and in tune with the flowers. Um, I really, really, really love them. And that was like my thing. You know, I was like the flower girl, I guess. And like my mom would, when I was little, she would know where I had been, you know, when I was outside playing because I had had pollen all over my nose from smelling the flowers. (laughs) But I wasn't, I wasn't conscious of it, you know, and I really, you know, there for so many years in my life, I, I identified as a realist, like, you know, like, this is all woo woo Reiki and like, so I read tarot, that's a really big part of my practice in my life. Now, I just thought that was just so ridiculous. So um, it was there all along, I just wasn't conscious of it. I love that. It's, you know, it was like, this is your calling. And the universe was like whispering to you and you weren't listening. So it's like, all right, we're going to take matters into our own hands here. That's (laughs) what it takes for most people, you know. Well, in Sedona, holy cow. Smacked in the face. (laughs) Well, and I I find it interesting that you were um, kind of summoned and, and mm-hmm. kind of beckoned to go to Sedona. My, it's funny because I'm very woo-woo hippie chick. And uh, yeah. my mother is very black and white. She is mm-hmm. an ER uh, nurse. And so there oh, has yeah. to be a scientific reason behind things. And so I'm just the weirdo. Like my mom totally <laughs> accepts me and loves me for who I am and yeah. lets me let my freak flag fly. But like she doesn't understand me by <laughs> any stretch of the imagination. It was funny. Yeah. I took her to, um, and we grew up in Sedona. I, I lived in oh. um, Arizona um, for a better part of my uh, childhood. So we used to mm-hmm. actually go to Sedona a lot when I was a kid before it became like very commercialized. It, you know, right. it was um, an area that most people didn't even know about. Um, but I took her there last October and I was like, Mom, I'm going to make you feel stuff. And she's like, <laughs> whatever. And so we go to the Energy Vortexes and it was so funny because we actually went on um, a guided tour and the guide uh-huh. said, you know, um, we are in an area of a vortex. I'm not going to tell you where it is, but, you know, we will reconvene over here by this tree and uh-huh. let me know if you feel anything. And so my mom and I both kind of separated. And then we ended up kind of coming back together. And we both went to this juniper tree. And sure enough, the guide was like, well, you both went to the energy. You both went to the vortex. And my mom blurted mm-hmm. out, my hands are vibrating. Oh. I nearly dropped to the ground because my black and white mother, you know, who sees things very clearly right. and there is no gray whatsoever, she immediately picked up on. And it was the same thing I was feeling. I could feel the, the vibration in my hands and my feet and my own mother could feel it. And then I took her to a rock shop, uh, a mineral shop that was in downtown. Mm-hmm. And she said, I have to walk outside. My chest feels like it's being ripped open. Oh, wow. And so I love that Sedona has that ability because I feel like it does kind of take you above and out of your own body and kind of thunks you on the head. And, you know, like you said, (laughs) makes you awake, kind of wake up and and see uh, things as they are. And what was really cool about that experience is that my mom couldn't see it or explain it, but she felt it. And so now she's Mm -hmm. like, I get it. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, and I love that. I love that she mm-hmm. was able to have that experience. So um, for those who are listening, if you've never been to Sedona and you're not really sure about this woo stuff, start there. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's just beautiful anyway. So you're going to have a great time regardless. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, my God. The landscape there is just beautiful. And there's something very magical about the land in general. If you go on, there are thousands of hiking trails um, Mm -hmm. that are in Sedona. And you can just like start on a trail and start walking, you know, up a mountain. And like you are going to have experiences. You're going to have insights. It's just, it's amazing there. So I encourage everybody to try it and have a vacation there. I I think it's, um, there's a lot of uh, healing properties about that area. So I think the whole area is kind of a vortex of sorts just because it's so amazing. Um, But one of the things that I really love is that you do practice so many different healing modalities. Um, Mm -hmm. And I have talked about Reiki on the show. That's a a form of energy healing. But one thing that I uh, had not heard of was the 14 octave Lahochi. So tell us about what that is. I'm so excited to learn about this. Yes. So it's new to us, you know, once upon a time, only a hundred years ago, I think um, Reiki was the new thing, you know, but it feels like it has been around forever because it has. And so 13th octave Lahochi is um, quantum energy healing. It's high frequency um, energy. And it's a similar, it's similar to Reiki in that it is a hands-on treatment, but that's where actually the similarities end. Um, so the 13th octave is um, said to be the spiritual heart of God or the spiritual heart of oneness, you know, because God is just one term for for the the creator or the, the oneness that we all belong to, that we all come from. And that is the heart of that. And that is where miracles can occur. And so... Um, it is actually a very ancient healing practice that is said to come from Atlantis and Lemuria. And it was lost um, for centuries, um, you know, after the fall. And um, they say it came back a little bit in the 1600s with, um, through Sir Francis Bacon, who some believe was um, one of the f- physical incarnations of St. Germain. Again, it was lost um, for hundreds of years after that, um, and it came back um, in the early 90s through a channel called Sachamar, and it is um, just high-frequency energy that will reweave your energetic fields and bring you back into balance and alignment. And so during this hands-on healing, I am working with the archangels um, that are posted throughout the room, and I'm also working with St. Germain and the Blue Diamond Flame of the Mother. So it is a very intense experience. Um, People have said to me during their experience that, you know, it's different for everybody, but they have said to me that they have seen past lives or they felt like they were, um, you know, somewhere in outer space and just seen all these amazing things. And um, what it really is um, for is to really heal at a very quantum rate you know, it is a hundred times stronger than Reiki. And when I say that people are like, don't really understand what I mean, because Reiki at this point is held up as the standard of energy work because it is so beautiful. I love Reiki. It is so beautiful. And, but it's just, that's what people know. And, and that's what is in our consciousness. And, you know, sometimes it can be hard for us to imagine anything beyond that. Um, and, Lahochi is simply the next step. 
So La Ho Chi is actually um, a portmanteau. So La means light and love. Ho means movement and Chi means energy. So it's basically healing at the speed of love. And love yeah, that. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very intense. And I, it's one of those things that really just has to be experienced to be understood. Um, and my, my, one of my teachers, um, she initiated me a few years ago, also in Arizona, though not in Sedona. And it is something that needs to be reintroduced into the world and just doing it one person at a time. And it's not something that everybody is ready for, you know, because, um, there is so much that goes into it. You know, you know, I am working with the angels and, um, you know, that can be triggering for a lot of people, especially if they grew up in a restrictive religious background, you know, which I totally get because that's how I grew up and, or it just seems so beyond, but people who are ready for it will find it and will, will ask for it. And I am here to offer it. Does it take more out of you energetically? I, I know you're working also mm-hmm. with the angels, but what does it do to you as opposed to just doing normal Reiki? Um, it doesn't take anything away from me. Um, it, I just simply allow myself to be a channel. In the beginning, I did get a little nervous. You know, when you get, whenever you do sort of a new energy work or anything new, you know, like, am I doing this right? There are a lot of steps. And, and I had to really just relax and surrender to it and just allow the angels and um, the ascended masters to do their work. And it just makes me feel so joyous and grateful to be able to offer this to people. And it actually energizes me. And um, it's interesting because whenever I do a session, the angels will come to me um, in the morning or whenever I have a session, they will come to me before, like letting me know that they're ready to do the work and support me. And so whenever I do it, it is just the greatest gift. And I just feel like I want to do this all the time, which I do. I love. And and mm-hmm. I mean, talking about how you really wanted to, before all this started, you were saying how much you wanted to help people and heal people. And instead yes. you were sending emails and sitting, you know, in an office and not really getting mm-hmm. to accomplish anything. So, um, yeah. you know, to really get into this place of being able to finally fulfill that dream that you had within you um, and bring back this very powerful ancient wisdom why would someone come to you to get this type of work? Is there something specific that they need? Do they have to have an illness? Or why would they come to you to, to have this work done? For La Ho Chi or for any, what do you mean? For anything? For the, the La Ho Chi, since it's a lot more powerful yeah. than a normal Reiki. Is there, is this more for, you know, healing illness or blockages? Or... It's for everything. So yeah, it's I just a boost. Not, uh, tr- yeah, so I haven't treated anybody with, um, a physical illness at this point, although it is said that um, La Ho Chi can greatly aid the healing in that. Um, so I can't, I don't really have an experience with that. But people come to me when they're really looking to take the next step in their healing and take a huge leap, um, release blockages and heal past traumas and past pain and get more connected to their angels and um, in spiritual realms and the higher realms. And so it's somebody who is really ready to open themselves up to the universe and open themselves up to 
to new power and new energies than they currently experience now. And so when somebody is ready to do that, even if they don't really understand why or how that they are drawn to this work, um, you know, that, that is their higher self and, and their angels um, nudging them along. And it is empowering to them to, to find their own innate healing power within themselves, and then they can take it from there. I love that. And you had a, a great quote on your website that said, you know, the teacher will open the de- door, but you have to be willing to enter yourself. And so that yes. I feel like this is what this is really all about. Um, Absolutely. In feng shui, we have a term called shushar, which is the unseen. It's the, you know, illogical, unexplainable, unreasonable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's the untangible. It's this idea yeah. of healing in a way that is unexplainable. Um, but it's much more powerful and um, much more effective. But you have to be willing to do the work. You have to be willing to yes. show up, um, not Absolutely. only for it to work, but, you know, like in, in our school, we're taught that, you know, doubt is the enemy. If you mm-hmm. if you approach this, um, you know, and this is obviously against the Western way because, mm-hmm. you know, Western medicine and, and the Western, Western culture and theory is all about very tangible black and white, you know, it's scientifically backed. And when you go into yeah. something like this, you definitely have to be willing to enter the door and experience this to see, you know, that there are other modalities that are out there that can and will heal you in that shushar way. So I love that there's something that's available like this to people who are open-minded enough to check out, you know, something new and different that could potentially, like you said, take them into a quantum leap in whatever it is. It could be purpose. um, It could be blocks. It could Mm -hmm. be, you know, it could be as simple as, you know, uh, releasing toxic habits, toxic relationships, you know, whatever it is. Um, and and whatever that is, is specific to the person. So I can't really say like, right. but we will, we always know why afterwards, but it requires that leap of faith and willingness to step in the unknown, which not everybody is ready to do, which is totally okay. Like I still don't enjoy having to do that, but you know, as long as we have the willingness, um, the universe will meet us more than halfway. Well, another thing that y- you and I felt kind of was your mantra is that you can really heal yourself from anything. And so mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the the combination of modalities that you um, practice really can heal people. So can you expand on that? Like what is this is, you know, I believe in this 100%. But um, especially yeah. if you're proactive and really seeking out things that are outside of the norm and what we're mm-hmm. told and, and kind of force fed is, is the way to heal ourselves. But what does that mean to you that you can take these types of modalities and heal yourself? Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> such a big question. So um, 10 years ago, I had um, post-traumatic stress disorder um, from an incident where my life was in danger. And, but before that, um, I had been dealing with physical pain, um, due from a, from a, from a car accident. Um, and so I have chronic back pain. And so, you know, at this point, 10 years ago, I was in really, really bad shape. And so physically, spiritually, mentally, like in every sense, like of my being, like something hurt. And I, did not know how to fix myself. And I tried everything that was available to me at the time. I went to countless doctors. 
um, therapists. Um, I tried all sorts of medications and physical therapies and, you know, things would help for a little bit, but it never really lasted. And it just really made me feel hopeless and stuck. And I did not know what to do. And so I basically sort of just surrendered and gave up um, mentally. It was like, well, all right, well, that's just, this is my state of being. And um, um, circumstances align. And so I, this, this healer was brought into my life. She, at the time, she was a therapist, um, but she was also ex- um, exploring more holistic ways of, of treating the patient because, you know, traditional ways weren't helping people as much as um, they wanted them to. And, and so we kind of grew along with each other and got even more, you know, further into the more esoteric and um, mystical side of things. And um, it really does take a combination of, of modalities. And that's why there are so many out there. There's Reiki, there's acupuncture, there's breath work, there's um, yoga, you know, like the list goes on and on. And it is, you just have to figure out what works for you. And it's going to be a combination of things. And, you know, sometimes that combination will be good for a while until you, um, you know, you grow and you need something else and you need a new combination. And so I, through this exploration and this willingness to just try every, it's just something totally weird because, you know, everything that I had taught with Western medicine and Western ways of thinking just weren't, working for me. Um, I did learn how to heal myself physically, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. I mean, it took a lot of work and it took a lot of commitment and it took a lot of years because that's just how it is. Um, you know, we have, um, a lifetime of, of beliefs and limiting patterns and limiting, um, blocks that, live within our body and that we are walking around like that and we don't even realize it. And so even if you think that you are fine um, and everything is going great, but you don't understand like why you feel so anxious or sad all the time for no reason, there is a reason. It just takes, um, it takes a willingness to go within and go deeper. And, um, you know, one of the things that has really helped me in my healing is breath work. Um, which is, um, so there Amen, are many sister. Kinds... <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. So there are many kinds of breath work out there. The, the kind that I was introduced to and that I practice now is, um, called pranayama breath work, which some people may be familiar with because the pranayama breath is practiced in yoga, but it's different. You know, it's different when you're holding poses and breathing as opposed to just doing the breathing work. And, um, so it is a physical healing experience, but it also will heal you spiritually and mentally as well. And you're using the breath um, to move energy in the body. You know, like I was saying before, we have all these like these stuck energy patterns and uh, stuck blocks that physically take up residence in our body, and then we just get used to it and we don't even like realize that they're there, even though we can sense it on some level. And the breath is highly intuitive, and it will just move it on out. And you don't even have to know when, where, why, or how it got there. It's just going to clear it out. And that one, one breathwork session was 
so beneficial, like way more than five years of traditional therapy. And um, also with the breath, you're not only moving energy physically, you're also expanding, expanding and deepening your consciousness. And so through that practice, I was also able to, you know, get in touch with my guides and my angels and um, open up to new ways of being physically and spiritually. Well, I think you're yeah. you're right with breath work. I, I think mm-hmm. that um, it certainly saved my life. And, and I, it's funny because we're mm-hmm. getting ready to have, um, we're trying to get prepped for, we're going to have Mastin Kip on the show. And mm-hmm. um, we've been doing some research on him. And he actually said that breath work saved his life and yoga saved yeah. his life. Um, and I don't think that people really realize the importance of um Shallow sips of air is pretty much how everybody walks through life. They're just, you know, barely Absolutely. breathing and they're holding their breath. They're grinding their teeth. They're, they're keeping their mm-hmm. jaws clenched. Uh, they're tense and they go through life like this and they don't realize. And it feels normal. Yeah. Yeah. And so they don't feel like, they, they don't realize how that feeling of um, it's really angst and anxious it's it it can make you feel agitated very frustrated Uh I find that it made me unable to very clearly make judgments and decisions yeah and I started doing breath work about 12 years ago Mm. and what I have found is that you know and now I I do it through yoga and and meditation but what I have found is that I have slowed down considerably um, mm-hmm. I'm taking long, deep, deep breaths throughout the day. And I feel like my thoughts are clearer. I feel clearer. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm more solution oriented. And when shit starts hitting the fan, instead of getting swirled up in the nonsense and getting kind of swept away in all of the chaos as it's going on around me, you know, I'm just kind of standing there going, okay. Well, this is what we need to do. You know, like I'm very calm and I know it's because of the breath work. I know it is. Yeah. I feel the same exact way. It is truly an amazing practice and it's all through the breath, which again, you know, 10 years ago, I I would have totally dismissed and rolled my eyes because, um, you know, like something that we just do unconsciously, like how could that do like change anything? But if you think about it, you know, breathing unconsciously keeps us alive, right? So what if you decide to use your breath in a conscious manner? What can mm-hmm. you do with that? And it's like the the, op- the options are endless, you know? Yeah, so is, I'm just going to say for those yeah. <clears throat> those who are listening, if you've never done any kind of breath work, some of the things that I started out with in the beginning is my instructor would say to me, um, inhale on the count of four to six, you know, you might start out, um, or you might find out when you first start that it's your breath work isn't as deep because you're not as practiced, Mm -hmm. but try to do four to six on your inhale and anywhere from six to 10 on your exhale and count and, and go back and forth and get in the rhythmic, uh, of that or rhythm of that as you breathe and you'll start to feel it affects your parasympathetic your parasympathetic nervous system and you'll start to calm down and if you do it consistently and do it you know regularly you'll start to feel a hundred thousand times more calmer wouldn't you say yeah absolutely (laughs) you can change your reality by changing your breathing amen 
<laughs> I agree to that 100%. So I want to talk more about um, your vibrational medicine, plant medicine, yeah. and the healing powers. I, I really feel like I have a lot of friends that are naturopaths and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, make these amazing tinctures and salves and um, I, you know, I say all the time on this show how I will choose an alternative holistic therapy 10,000 times over Western. And I only go to Western if it's like, you know, the, the last resort. Um, yeah. But I really feel like plant medicine is very misunderstood in our modern society. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of poo-pooed, um, you know. And it's funny because it, it's only been in the last 100, maybe even 50 years, not even 100, but the last 50 years that we've really... Um, you know, been signed up to this idea of, oh, well, it must take a prescription. We have to have yeah. a prescription. Yes. And absolutely. we've been doing it this way for millennia. And for whatever reason we've signed up to, it requires a prescription. So mm-hmm. give us, um, just give the audience an explanation of what plant medicine is and how it, it you know, its healing powers and, and what it can really do to um, heal just about anything and everything that's out there. Okay. So plant medicine is very um, broad and vast, which can be very intimidating to people. But um, for me, it's really just about finding what works for you. So there is a plant on this earth that for every condition, every malady, it's just a matter of um, finding it and working with it. And so there are many ways that the plants can be worked with and used. Um, of course, in herbalism, the most traditional way is to to work with the physical properties of the plant. So, for example, if you were to work with yarrow, um, which is a flower, um, you know this flower is really good um, for stopping bleeding, and it's it's um, really good for pain relief, and it's good for um, it's um, anti antibiotic. And so, you know, you can use that for a lot of different things. You can use it for, um, you know, women's issues. You can use it for illness. And by making a tincture, you can make an oil with it. And so that is working with the physical properties of the plant. But everything on this earth has a consciousness as well. Um, and that is some, this concept is something that I didn't understand for a long time. I was like, how can a rock have a consciousness? How can my coffee table have a consciousness? Like, I I didn't get it. And it's still, it's kind of, it's definitely a concept that is beyond our um, awareness a lot of times. Um, But it's true. Like, we are no no different or no better than anything else that uh, is on the earth. You know, we are of the earth and we are connected to everything. And so plants have a consciousness and they have um, a vibration, they have vibrational qualities. And so, um, you know, as humans, we are used to just treating the physical body because that's what we can see, feel, and hear, you know, that's what we're working with because we are in a 3D world. And um, it is so easy for us to forget that there are many other layers and levels of our being. Um, and of our consciousness that exists outside of our body. And um, I'm sure you've heard this before, but any condition, any ailment has a spiritual origin, no matter what it is. Like, even if it's cancer, like that had a spiritual origin at some point and it, you know, was left unchecked. And for a long time, when it was allowed to develop into a physical illness. Um, and so 
whatever it is, you know, it has a spiritual, spiritual and mental or spiritual origin. And that's where the plant spirits, um, that's the level that they, they work on is that spiritual level. And so if we can address imbalances in that higher spiritual level, we can heal ourselves before it, it um, worsens and then comes down to our physical body. And so I do make physical plant medicine, um, but I also combine them with flower essences, uh, which is capturing the energetic and vibrational properties of a plant or a flower. And um, I also do that with stone medicine, so minerals and crystals as well, because minerals and stones have a consciousness as well. Like you may have heard that amethyst is really good for opening your crown chakra and it's helping it's really good for receiving messages and um you know some people say that amethyst is really good to help you um it's called the sobriety stone so like if you can combine physical plant medicine and vibrational plant medicine to treat um the body in all of its forms it is that much more powerful so that's what i try to do and so, um, you know, with my plant elixirs, primarily they are tinctures, um, you know, using the physical plant extractions to treat the physical body. And I combine them with flower and or stone essences to make them um, as uh, well-rounded as possible. I love the idea that you really take into consideration the vibrational quality as well. Um, in feng shui, we talk a lot about um, the types of vibration that we drive into things. So, for example, like when you're cooking, you know, obviously you want to eat the best quality food because it has a better vibration to it. But you also have to take into account the vibrational energy that you are basically broadcasting as you're cooking that food. So if you're in a really pissed yeah. off mood or you're cranky or angry or something bad has happened and you're chopping your vegetables, you're driving that vibration and it kind of supersedes the the delicious quality of vibration that that plant has. Mm -hmm. So really going into it with this idea of not only is the ingredients of the plant um, providing medicine for you and helping you heal, but so is its vibrational property. So I love that you yeah. take that aspect into it because... Um, you know, I, I think that looking on it at that level, I agree with you. We have um, what Jordan was talking a little bit about as far as it manifests in the spiritual or spiritual realm. When you have something, some type of a illness or a disease, we have uh, several energetic uh, energy systems around our body. Um, it's something like etheric, emotional, mental, astral, like it goes all the way up. We have all kinds of them. But when you have an illness, it starts to manifest in that energy field. And basically, as it gets closer and closer to you, because you're not fixing it on an energetic level, when it hits your body and manifests in your body, it's like high alert. That's like code mm -hmm. red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, at that point, it's like the... I guess you can say the alarms and bells and whistles have been going off and you have been ignoring them. And that's when it, it starts to hit the, the uh, manifestation. Would you agree with that, Jordan? Absolutely. Because like, it's going to get our attention one way or the other. And like, since we are physical beings, like we have no choice but to, to face it. So yes, completely. I agree. 
I also love, we were talking a little bit uh, before the show about your, you know, love of flowers and, and mm-hmm. how much you love flowers. And, and I love this because um, this is another big feng shui thing. We actually have a lot of adjustments that um, utilize flowers because of the way that flowers make us feel. Um, yeah. Flowers, um, they uplift us. They make us joyous. Um, it's something that's a little bit more, I think, decadent. So it's a little bit of a luxury to have flowers. So it definitely boosts your mood. And and I love that um, you say that, you know, it brings joy to those who view them and, and you can't be yeah. unhappy around the presence of a bloom. And I love that because mm-hmm. I think that's so true. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious, I, and I, I may have been reading into this incorrectly, but I really felt like you... Um, we're saying that flowers not only have the ability to heal us, but that they're almost a little bit um, up in the, the hierarchy uh, as far as uh, vibrational medicine goes. Was I reading that correctly? Um, are they a little bit more special? A... <laughs> no, I, I don't think that they are. Like, I don't think in terms of like hierarchies, I, there, I don't think there is one. Um, but I do think that they are the crowning achievement of the plant kingdom. So like when, when a plant flowers, it's like in full bloom, like the, the, the fullest expression of itself, which draws us to that plant into, and attracts us to the medicine that it holds inside. So that's what I, what I meant, but like, uh, but they are not like, in my opinion, I don't think that they are, more powerful than stone medicine or more, more powerful than yeah no I just I think that you know as humans we are attracted to pretty things and right. uh, I know I am I, yeah yeah <laughs> and I am too and so like you know the universe and you know the the creative consciousness knows that about us and so of course they're gonna I think make the most potent medicine the prettiest they're gonna woo us <laughs> yes exactly um, I'm curious, you know, I, I really feel like um, the more healers that I have on the show, I, one, mm-hmm. one thing that I'm really trying to do is educate uh, my audience on alternative ways to be proactive about their own health and how to take care of themselves and to not get really swept up in this um ritualistic behavior that we are being fed of you know you need to work more you need to be doing more in order to be productive and work 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 and be on technology Mm -hmm. and always be available and connectivity and you know it's just a bunch of bullshit but Mm -hmm. um I'm just curious what are some of your favorite self-care rituals what are some things that are like your non-negotiables that you do to really take care of yourself so that you can be the best damn healer that you can be Mm, that's a great question. So every day I make sure that I have some flower essences at my side and the flower essences change day by day, depending on what I'm working on and working with and what I feel like I need. And just real but quick I, for the audience, just yeah. explain to them what a flower essence is. So flower essences are vibrational medicine. And so they capture the energetic imprint of a flower to heal on the vibrational and higher levels on the spiritual, mental, and emotional levels and address those imbalances in our fields. Um, so that, you know, these problems don't manifest down into our physical form. And, and do you use so they actual are flowers very, or oils or what do you, what do you typically? So I make flower essences. 
essences myself. Oh, she's fancy. And so, <laughs> oh no, it's actually so. Actually, learning your own to make your own medicine is enormously powerful, and it's something that anybody can do. Um, you know, um, so but you can use any. You know, there are a lot of uh, brands out there. There's Bach. There's Fes. Um, or you can learn to make your own. Um, and so that, yeah, that's what I use. Um, and so flower essences, they are made with water, you know, the, it's a water infusion and then they are preserved, um, with alcohol most, most often, you know, and brandy is the most traditional way to preserve. So that's what I like to use. Um, you can, you can use essential oils, but essential oils are, um, more of a, an aromatherapy technique, um, which again is enormously uplifting and enormously helpful. I just think that there are a lot of um, misconceptions around essential oils um, because they really have captured the cultural cons- consciousness of like this is what plant medicine is, this is what herbal essence or herbal medicine is. Um, so I always make sure that I have flower essences, and I you know I can't make every single flower essence, so I do you know buy from FES most often um, and then what else I always make sure that I have Palo Santo around me or sage to clear my energy and then um, I always do a grounding meditation um, and this can be done on the go you know I usually do this on the subway and um, you know that took practice to be able to do that but you know anybody can do this and then I go about my day and um you know, when I get home, I always make sure that I have at least one to two hours to decompress and um, just to myself, um, because as as a highly sensitive person, as an empath, I really do need that. And I think that we are all um, empathic to some degree, and it's all about giving ourselves that space and time to really to chill and decompress. And so that is the basics of self-care for me. And then it goes beyond that. And when I have more time, I will make myself plant infusions um with whatever whatever i have in my apothecary so right now i'm drinking um rose rose hip and hibiscus full of vitamin c because i feel like i might be coming down with something and i don't want to be sick and so that really is self-care for me as well as really just making myself um nourishing infusions using my intuition um and my knowledge of of what i want to treat I love that. And I think it's important for everybody who is listening that, you know, one of the things that you have to start doing to, you know, so that you're not manifesting things in your energetic field that's going to pop up in in your physical field is to just really take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. I think as women, we've been kind of um, fed this bullshit that, you know, we have to give and give and give and we have to take care Uh, of everyone else around us. Um, and so what that does is that depletes us and then we feel guilty. I know I've been here, you know, I have felt guilty because I wanted to sit down and just be quiet and I don't feel guilty anymore, but, yeah, um, you know, it's this idea of really taking time, especially, you know, our, our bodies were not built for the lifestyle that we are currently living. Um, this Mm -hmm. constant go, go, go and doing a hundred things and multitasking. We weren't built for this and we're, we're trying to basically, um, hijack the system. And, um, I feel like people are guilting and shaming other people because they can't keep up with this. And I don't know how you do it, honestly, being in New York city, 
when I go to New York City, because I'm so sensitive and I'm so sensitive to energy, like just being there mm-hmm. with all of the Wi-Fi and all the technology and it's yeah. all so on, everything is so on. Um, it is very overstimulating for me. So yeah, uh, that's why I was so curious about how you, you know, someone like you as a healer, wh- where you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of other people. Yeah. Um, it's got to be challenging living in such a chaotic environment. It is. And it is the completely least likely place to become an herbalist. <laughs> like <laughs> I most never needed. would have. Yeah. And like, um, honestly, I am like, why am I here all the time? I love New York so much. It has given me so much, but also it is, it's a hard, it's a hard place to live with all of the stimulation and fast pace. You know, it's very masculine energy of go, 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 do, do, do all the time. And that's just not who I've ever been. And, and so, but I really do feel like I have been called to be here. And um, I'm just going to listen to that that inner voice for as long as it, it tells me that I need to be here. But um, it also has forced me to develop a different relationship with the plants um, and learn how to, to find them and work with them in ways that are not obvious. It's not like I could just go out into my backyard like I was able to growing up and just pick up plants and start making stuff with it. Like I really had to call them in and I really had to learn to to what to look for and where to go. And through that process, I found that medicine literally grows through the sidewalk no matter where you are. And it's very affirming the power of the earth. Like it doesn't matter if you're living in a concrete jungle, like it's going to grow and medicine is always going to be there. And um, as far as being an empath and dealing with all the energies, I that was really hard for me for many, many years. And I had to learn um, how to detox and decompress and also um, project protect myself energetically and I actually teach classes about that now and those classes usually sell out and um, so if you are in New York I am teaching um, an empath empowerment class um, this coming Sunday in Williamsburg at Myths Myths of Creation so please come awesome I I think that um, you know for those who are listening if this is kind of a new concept for them or they're you know dipping Mm -hmm. their toe into this idea of self-care Um, If they're interested in something like um, plant medicine or Mm -hmm. flower essences, you did give a great resource for the the flower essences. But if they're curious about plant medicine, is there some place that they can go um, to learn more information or maybe something that you can like, is there a tea that they could try or something that they could just experience so that they can um, kind of dip their toe into this new modality? Yeah, so um, one of the things that really helped me when I was starting out was reading books by Rosemary Gladstar. She is um, one of the, what I call a rock star (laughs) in the herbalist world, but she is, um, you know, just full of wisdom. She's been around for decades, and she has many, many, many books that um, address, you know, she's got um, herbalism for women, herbalism for men, like a general book, and so I would recommend starting with those books you can I'm sure you can find them at the library even if you don't want to buy um I would also recommend um signing up for Susan Weed's uh website she has a newsletter or an e-zine that she sends out every so often she's another very um wise knowledgeable herbalist who has been around for decades um and I would also recommend like trying to find an herbalism store or an herb store 
in the area um, and then going and talking with the people there and also just working with a plant that you feel most called to even if you don't know what it does or why you need it like just get it and start start working with it and by that I mean make a tea make an infusion um, you don't have to you know go so far as to make an oil or a tincture if you don't want to um, the thing about herbal medicine is it's really easy and it's so accessible um, all you need to do is find one plant that you want to work with and that the way that it works for you and so again starting with a tea or an infusion is really the easiest way and something that I do all the time um, and if you don't have an herb store in your area I would recommend going to mountainroseherbs.com um, they have hundreds of herbs Chinese herbs Western herbs and um, you they are a small business uh, in Oregon and I always love supporting them and so um, you know again work with the herb that order the herb that most calls to you yeah I've been using mountain rose herbs for mm -hmm. years I love them yeah <laughs> they've got great yeah. essential oils too and um, mm -hmm. they've got teas and they've got pre-made tinctures and salves yep. and books and yeah they've got a lot of really great stuff and um, they've also got a, a, a fantastic organic selection as well Mm -hmm. So if that's something that's important to you. But I love that. I think what I love most about encouraging people to do a little bit of research and, and learn more about this is I feel like when you are ill, um, to have this information I feel is much more empowering when you know what you're mm -hmm. ingesting and putting in your body or how you are healing yourself. I think that in and of itself has a healing property all its oh, own yeah. rather than that's going to the... someone most important parts of herbalism I think is taking your power back and taking um, responsibility for your health and um, making actionable steps instead of just giving your power away and your trust away to a doctor who may not, you know, doctors of course are going to try and help you but you know they don't know everything and you know sometimes what they have taught or what they have been taught is not going to be helpful for you and um, another thing is you know, we are used to just popping pills and just trusting that like whatever is in that pill is going to fix us. And as we know, especially with pharmaceuticals, like there are side effects and it doesn't, it can take a while to find whatever pill or whatever, um, you know, medicine works. And so when you really take uh, action and personal accountability into your own healing by working with plants, that is so important. Um, and I think that's half the battle most of the time. Mm, I agree with that. Well, Jordan, I want to thank you for coming on to the show today. And I know that my audience is probably um, just chomping at the bit, wanting to know uh, more about you. If they are interested in any of your workshops mm -hmm. or where to find you, um, where can they do that? Um, they can head to my website, ostaraapothecary.com. Um, you know, they can, I have my flower essences and plant elixirs um, for sale. And also many of my healing modalities that I offer can be done via distance. And so all the information is on there. Um, so I would encourage them to visit. And then um, I'm pretty active on Instagram. And my handle is at ostara.apothecary. Yeah, I love your Instagram account. I, I've been secretly you. stalking you for a while. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, um, I, I just love, you know, all of the, uh, from a feng shui standpoint, I try to get my clients to do everything mm-hmm. that they can to take their power back and to be empowered by yeah. healing themselves, not only their environments and their homes, but their personal chi, which again, we were talking a little bit about before the show, but our element can be off balance. And, and mm-hmm. if it's really far off balance, a lot of times something like plant medicine and um, eating nutritious foods and, and healthy uh, self-care practices are the fastest ways that we can get back into balance and, and get mm-hmm. ourselves back on track. And so um, I'm so incredibly grateful and thankful that you said yes to come on to the show today and, and help my audience mm-hmm. get a better understanding of the power of holistic medicine, plant medicine, uh, and energy medicine, and how this can really change our lives. And our uh, Professor Lin, who brought this level of feng shui to um, the States, used to always say, you know, today's science fiction is tomorrow's fact. And so... Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I feel like, um, although this isn't really science fiction, I feel like, you know, this is something that we've done for, you know, like I said, millennia, and we just gotten yeah. away from it. We're just like circling back around to it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But I'm, I'm incredibly grateful that you said yes to come on here and, and explain more about um, this really powerful medicine that I think people should definitely take into consideration. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. Here's the thing. It's people like Jordan, like me, like Toby, like all of the amazing women that are out there, including you, the listener. It's women like this that's going to change our world. Why? Because this is a new way to approach the way we are doing things. And listen, the way we are doing things is not working. It's a patriarchal system that is all about pushing through rather than pleasuring through and really coming by a decision and an answer to that decision in the wrong ways. We cannot continue going at 100 miles an hour and not taking care of ourselves and then expecting our bodies to perform at an optimal level. It is things like Lahochi, Reiki, herbal medicine, and so much other modalities just like this that is going to fill our tank and make us whole again. I hope that after listening to this podcast and the other podcasts that we've had during the month of February, the month of love, you have been inspired and motivated to try something new and to try something that is not only new but something that is healing in a very holistic way that's going to change everything go out there go try something get weird i promise you're gonna love it all right everyone thanks for joining me on the show today this is amanda gates and you're listening to home energy design you like the show hit subscribe if you hate the show hit subscribe if you have a question or comment be sure to email us you can find us at let's chat at thegatescompany.com my producer is holding up a show for show notes i have i keep forgetting to tell you guys if there is something that you have heard in the show or want to know more about and you don't want to go back and listen to the whole damn show we have show notes Go to the website, gatesinteriordesign.com to learn more. Hey everyone, trust the vibe. 
because the energy never lies.